Hello everyone, you are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kaleji Bay Lamberts, and coming up on today's episode, I have Mrs. Niyi Olukuti, who is the founder and creator of the AfriKids Club, an organization that is based on promoting African heritage and cultural belonging and preservation to children between the ages of 0 to 11, not just in the UK, but worldwide. We also talk about her other organization, Diversity, Inclusivity, and Belonging, DIB, her consulting firm that's focused on trying to find various ways to address racism, microaggressions, and protecting our children and families and raising awareness regarding racism. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you like to find good podcasts, you can find this podcast. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you heard from this episode or previous episodes in the past two seasons. This is season three. So please check it out and please rate and review the podcast if you like what you heard. Please provide some feedback. Really appreciate your reviews. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, on Instagram at Black Transnational underscore. Follow us on Facebook under the same name, Black Transnational Podcast. Please be sure to check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast for some overarching information about the podcast, including information about the guests, information about the show's history, and things of that nature. And you can also email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com. All right. So regarding our guest for today, who is Mrs. Ni Olukuti. Well, before we get into that, I know I already had some other distractions, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that it has been a while. Took a little bit of a break, but we're back now. And, um, you know, in lieu of everything that's been going on regarding just, I mean, attack on black people, um, it's it's been... It was definitely a necessary and welcoming uh, spring break, so to speak, where I took a little bit of time off to just to just focus on wrapping up my other work as far as being a professor, but also just taking some time to just take in all the things that's been happening regarding the George Floyd case and the Chauvin verdict, Adam Toledo being killed. I mean, Dante Wright. I mean, there's so many young young black people who've been murdered and old black people of all ages, honestly. Um, so this episode that I did with Mrs. Olukuti is, um, it's important and it's very needed, even though it's a little bit delayed based on when the conversation was recorded, but the concepts still remain very true and very relevant today, especially in the gar- in, in relation to issues like Adam Toledo, a 13 year old boy who was killed in Chicago, um, under police fire. And, you know, this topic for this particular podcast is, is going to be focused on protecting our children. And, you know, I was initially drawn to the Kids Club because I've been looking, if you've listened to past episodes, I've always been looking for ways to be able to educate my children about their culture and how we can be able to to preserve it and at least instill it in them in a way that it can be it can be sustained and digestible for them and Africa's club seemed to be just a very fitting program they had a couple of books that teach you the language and I ordered a couple of them and just through the interaction of being a patron I was able to have good communication with the founder Mrs. Olukuti and you know I was very intrigued by what they were 
doing and why it was important to them that I really wanted to have her on the show. But as a product of her being on the show, we really got into a, a really good conversation about what life is like in the UK, being black, being immigrant, just being a black person though, and, and dealing with racism and microaggressions and how it it started off with her son being able to notice some of these things and how it, it fueled her to be able to not just go and create Afrikids, because Afrikids was not necessarily a response to racism, but her other organization, um, DIB, or Diversity, Inclusivity, and Belonging, her consulting firm, was. And we have a very rich conversation about just the parallels of racism across the ponds between the United States and the UK, and how being Black, it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, some of the similarities in what people face is, is just uncanny. But the response to it might be a little different, and, and the way the the culture is between um, the U.S. and the U.K. and how they respond to it is maybe a little different. But the issues still remain the same. White supremacy is a problem. Racism is a bigger problem, um, and how we deal with it is a big question that needs to be answered. So, I know this is one of my longer-winded intros, but. I do hope that you enjoy the conversation because it was a very rich one, albeit a little delayed. So I do hope that you enjoy it. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Miss Ni Olukuti, founder of Afrikids Club and DIB. Let's go. Welcome to My Dad's Podcast, My Blackest Change National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Hello everyone, welcome to My Blackest Transnational, and today I have on a special guest all the way from the UK, so we are blessed. It's like 9 p.m. over there right now, so I just want to thank her for taking the time, um, that time of the day over there across the pond, to to join us on the show. I have here Mrs. Ni Olukuti, who is the creator of Afrikids Club, a club that was so intriguing to me that I was like, I have to get this book. And I bought a book and the book was so awesome. And I was like, I have to talk to the person who created this because I need to know how you went about doing this. So I'm so glad that you took the time to join me. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm doing really well, really well. Um, it's a good thing I'm a I'm a night person, so I'm still wide awake yeah, um, <laughs> to have this conversation. But thank you so much for inviting me here. Really appreciate it. It's wonderful. Yes, I also I also am a night owl myself, so I'm glad um, that it's not too much of a bother. But before we get into our conversation, if you can just take a couple of minutes to for our audience, those who do not know you, to just introduce yourself, tell them you know who you are, where you're from, and, and what you work on, what your passion is, and we'll continue to proceed. Brilliant. My name is um, Nia Lukuti. I'm a mom of three beautiful children, seven, four, and two and a half. Um, 
I am Nigerian. I, I, I moved to the UK about 20, I'm telling my age now, about 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> and it's been, um, it's been a, it's, it's been an amazing experience because um, all my family are here. So I, I miss home a bit in terms of mm-hmm. friends and some distance family members, but I think I've built a home for myself now. Mm. And I think also I am able to enjoy both worlds now because now I have some connections back home and right. I'm having to travel a lot more back home because of my kids, because yeah. I want them to know you know, where they're from. And then life is here as well. So it, it's a good um, mix of both worlds. Um, I'm a business owner. I um, I, I started AfriKids simply because of my son. So my first child is my son. Um, and we started off with Yoruba because I'm um, of Yoruba descent. So I thought, okay, well, you know, let's start off with Yoruba. And since then we have, this is two and a half years on now, we've expanded into um, African culture. So we've expanded mm-hmm. into all African cultures. We have about seven cultures going on. Mm-hmm. And um, we're looking to expand even more. We're looking to push the initiative even more because it's no longer a want. I believe it's a necessity. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and that's what that's what we're looking to do. That, that's our mission right now and our, and our goal and yeah. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about you navigating both worlds because I I want to get a little bit more information on that. But let's focus on on AfriKids Club, which, again, I was very excited about. I was just scrolling through Instagram. And one of the things I don't I don't know whether it was, you know, people listening the, the the you know, Google or something. But I unfortunately growing up didn't have the luxury of being able to learn the native tongue, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my paternal side is Igbo, but my mother and I was raised in a Yoruba household. So I understand Yoruba, you know, when you speak it, but to say it, there's a certain confidence that you need to have when you're speaking Yoruba, especially with the, you know, when you're, when you're making inflections and you're saying certain things that if you don't practice and I didn't want that for my kids. So I wanted, <laughs> I wanted my children to at least have the opportunity, and even my wife as well, who's an African-American to have the opportunity to understand the language, but the most important person was our was our child, our daughter right now. And we have a son and we have another one on the way, but we wanted oh, to wow. make sure that they at least have some fundamental understanding of the language. So it was such a blessing that I saw your page and saw what you all were offering. And I said, you know what, let's give it a shot. And uh, when, once we got the book, it was amazing. I mean, just my daughter is, you know, still working on it and she she loves learning the, the alphabets and singing the songs and everything. So, like, how did you get the buy-in? Because you said you've gone from seven to and you're looking to go to 12 languages. And how were you able to to get that process started? And I know you have a background in, in operations management and processes. So this is your thing. But how did you <laughs> how did you go about getting other language teachers to buy in? And you have Lingala and you have all these other languages. This is so awesome. I'm so excited. So you can tell by my voice. But like, <laughs> how did you go about building that? Um, I think when I started off, I started off with my son wanting to, I think initially, I just wanted him to go to a culture school. Mm. Right, because he has his friends, his German friends, they go to culture schools back here. And I wanted the same for him, you know. Um, and I didn't just want it to be language, right? Because the analysis that I use, or rather the analogy that I use is the fact that I speak French does not make me French, mm, right? Mm. So I wanted it to be more well-rounded in terms of the culture. 
So, um, you know, I was in church one day and I was speaking to someone. Someone said, oh, yeah, that's a good I- good idea. And I'm a doer. You mm-hmm. know, I, I do things. And I was like, okay. So within, within a week, I put something together and I spoke to the person again and said, you know, do you want to do this together? Do you want to do this together? And they said yes. And um, spoke to a few people, got a few buy-in. And I said, okay, you know what? Let's do a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, I sort of envisaged turning the whole um, community. So the plan was to rent a community hall. Okay. And we turned it into like a, a Yoruba wonderland. That's what I call it. Where we had everything on display. So we had the drum kit. We had the food. We had um, loads of art. We had... Um, we had um, a fashion where you could wear different sort of clothing. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of turned that into Yoruba, into a Yoruba wonderland. I had a few friends who were quite good at marketing. And honestly, before you know it, from five people, we got over 35 people wow. for that first two weeks. Wow. You know, it was very good. It was very, and the children absolutely loved it. Um and, and then we then did a cultural day where we invited other people to come and see the kids display what they've just learned. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely amazing. And then before I knew it, friends, like some of my Igbo friends would say, oh, why don't you do this for, for Igbo? Or why don't you do this for Tree, right? Mm-hmm. Because we already have a template. We've proven that the template works. So just replicate it. Exactly. And honestly, that's what we did. So, um, and it was interesting how the activity book came about because the plan was we are looking for teachers who can just plug and play. Mm-hmm. We don't want any prior training. So actually, what's the best way to get them to plug and play? Use the books. Mm-hmm. So the book is a good way for, for them to know what they're teaching. It's also a good um, engaging and fun tool for the kids. And that's how and that's how that came about. Um and then we just started expanding. Yeah. We just started expanding in terms of looking for, and most of our teachers are based in Africa. That was the plan. Okay. The plan was that we want most of our teachers to be based in Africa okay. simply because of the authenticity. You know, by the time you're here in the in the, in the UK or in, the, in America, mm-hmm. you know, some of the slang gets into it. Yes. And, you know, yes. so we wanted, we wanted that. And majority, I think about 70% of our teachers are based in in um in africa and 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 that's how we just and then in terms of adding on new languages we just put it on our social media what language do you want us to add on and when we get up to about i think it's 15 or 20 we just open up that language so we now have i think in the last two years the one thing that we've learned is processes we now have the right processes to introduce new languages um yeah and and honestly it's been amazing it's been amazing seeing the kids um learn more about their languages one of the things that we do in our classes is also the cultural activity mm-hmm. where we can sort of say have you tried this traditional food before so we'll try mm-hmm. and teach them the food and then we get them to you know try it at home so they can taste the food and we talk about the fashion we talk about some of the customs um, you know, you dare not stand up, particularly in a Yoruba family. You dare not stand up when you're greeting an elder. Oh, you better, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So teaching them all of that. So the, the language definitely comes up and um, sums up to it, but also the culture, the yes. wedding, the fashion. Yes. Um, 
so that they are proud of where they come from. You know, mm. they are proud of who they are. They can stand tall and say, "This is what we're about. This is where we are." Mm. Um, so yeah, so that, that that's how we just moved on. And like I said, in the pipeline, in terms of parents registering the language that they want, we currently have about twelve languages in the pipeline, and we're looking to open up another, say, four or five. Wow. Touch wood this year at some point. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so what is the age range that you are typically catering to? So for now, um, and when I say for now, we are catering from primary school age. Now, I don't know what that is in America, okay. but it's pretty much from age 5 to 11. Okay, that's around the same. Yeah, so 5 Close to 11. To. But come September, because I've been getting a lot of interest for teenagers, mm -hmm. so come September, we're going to start launching specific um, classes for, for teenagers so again that's another another um audience that we're looking to cater cater to okay so the majority yeah. the majority of your of the your, your students and and kids are primarily within that primary school age age range of five to eleven ish we have ish, we okay. have two classes because currently we run about 20 classes we have two classes now that cater to um teenagers so that's that's more like our pilot mm -hmm. And then we're seeing how that works and we're making sure our delivery is is suited to the audience and then okay. after that we get feedback we'll then roll it out um on, on a bigger scale in september that's wonderful yeah. so now regarding the um regarding just the, your your passion for this and how it went about it's a wonderful process now I, I'm, I'm curious about if you've got any resistance from parents from kids regarding this idea where you were there, was there some pushback and saying why are you why are you stressing yourself with all this we don't need to do all that thing when when john's we're living our lives why are you bringing all this nigerian thing yeah um so i think not directly not saying that um not saying that i, I think they, they didn't come out front to say that mm -hmm. however um not most of most of my friends who have kids of that age did not have some of them enrolled initially and some of them have not enrolled okay and so that sort of sends me a message mm. right but the message that it sends me is um is there has to be an awareness there has to be an education that we um present to the parents mm -hmm. right because i think one of one of the one of the major challenge that we face is competing with other after school clubs yeah. so what i mean by other after school clubs are maybe it is maths or english or french or spanish right because these kids they only have they come back from school at about four till about six so they have two hours to do all these other things mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how it is in in america but as african parents we're getting them to do their french extra work french extra okay. work math extra yeah. reading yeah yeah and yeah. so it's then is then you know extra work in in english and piano and you know in all these things mm -hmm. because we have to be <laughs> you have to be the best you can't carry <laughs> last <laughs> you cannot carry last exactly so it's then getting them to also appreciate the importance of culture and why this culture club can take one of those slots. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of education that needs to happen there. Mm -hmm. So I don't take it as um, as a setback in, 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 in a way. I take it more as a challenge that actually, if they see the importance of this, um, 
they would see why it's a necessity as opposed to you know just the want. Yeah. Um, and it also helps me to think about offerings around holiday clubs, okay. Um, okay. around the holidays. This is something that we should do. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're looking we're looking at both ways. We we opened up Saturday classes as well. Um, yeah, so we're we're looking at we're looking at things. Um, but it would always the challenge would be that it would always conflict with all these other wonderful clubs that we think is very necessary for our kids. Okay. But we then need to re-educate the parents and sort of say, well, you know, this is, um, you know, you look at the Indians and before they speak any other language, speak they speak their, their, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and that's where we need to get to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree, uh, and that's you know my my own personal pursuit of trying to re relearn the language at least be able to speak it so you can you know speak it with my kids but you said you came to, you arrived at the UK 20 years ago approximately now what did you what did you notice or I should say did you notice any change within those 20 years regarding how connected kids are or want to be to their roots as they're growing up because, of course, we'll talk about the teenagers and what you're planning for that. But, you know, you reach that stage where you become a little, you want to distance yourself from the yeah. culture. So is that, is this idea, is this um, Africa's Club created with the idea of trying to kind of minimize that resistance and more creating more of an embracing approach to your culture or what? Yeah, I think a couple of questions. I think in terms of me, when I moved to the UK, um I didn't experience, um, um, what's the word, any sort of segregation, not because it wasn't there, but mm. because I didn't see it. Right, right. You know what? Yeah. So if someone is looking at me funny, I'm just thinking, why is that person looking at me funny? I didn't see it. But if I then compare myself to other black people who've been raised here mm. they'll kick up a force so initially i thought guys what's you know come on they were just looking at you what's the big deal yeah. you know what i mean yeah and and so there was a lot of you know people would say oh can you see the way she looked at you and i'm like i i so i'm sure there was stuff that happened but i just didn't see it right because I had come, I'd come from a, an environment where I was a majority. There was no sort of insecurity in mm -hmm. terms of how I look. Mm -hmm. So if other people are looking at me, I'm thinking there's definitely something wrong with you for you looking at me that way, you mm -hmm. know. Or if someone had come to me and said, oh, your hair looks funny, I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? That like you're being silly <laughs> right. because it doesn't look funny because I'm I'm so secure in who I am, mm -hmm. in my color, in my appearance, in, in all of that. And so coming to the UK, um, and being black wasn't an issue. I think even in my first few roles, I was probably the only black person there. It wasn't really an issue at all mm -hmm. for me. But comparing myself to um, other counterparts, it, it was an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're just looking at stats, you look at the universities and about 50% of them are, are um, blacks or are Africans or mm. are minorities, or about 60% of them are minorities. So then you look into all these multinationals and you look at the heads and most of them are white. Well, what's, what's going on there? Right. Um, 
And then also things like not understanding the lingo. And because you don't understand the lingo, you're not invited into some certain corners. And those certain corners are where the promotion is being decided. Mm -hmm. So you're already being restricted to some of those opportunities because there's a culture clash. And whether you like it or not, there is going to be a culture clash unless you're asking me to be... um, more white which i can't <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah. there are some jokes that you will crack that i just wouldn't get right you know what i mean and there's some jokes that i would crack that you just wouldn't get but that should not prevent me from being exposed to all these opportunities exactly. you know and and then also i think the culture to an extent was restrictive because um you did not under, you did not know how to go about asking for what was required mm. so take for example now and um, they say this is how much your salary is right and you just okay well that's how much it is that's how been you know that's what i've been offered and that's the culture back in nigeria for yeah. me you know that's how much you've been offered but there are other ways to sort of say well to challenge it and to sort of um negotiate your mm-hmm. way all those things are not sort of explained in the in the offices or in the in the career progression but they sort of expect that you know no, that yeah. and and an outsider coming into this culture you don't so you're sort of holding yourself back but it is the system that is holding you back mm-hmm. do you see what i mean mm-hmm. um so there was a lot of that finding out how much my pair was earning um Again, I still, to an extent, I don't see racism. Okay. But when you when you see that, okay, well, your pair is earning a bit more than you, I then go analytical. Why? Is it because she's negotiated more? Is it because, and I'm sure that there's an ounce of racism there, you know, there's yeah. an ounce of she understands our lingo, she doesn't understand my lingo. Um, apart from ed- education, there's not much I can do but to say, look, I, you know, I start understanding the culture and start playing to the culture if that makes sense yeah no that makes that makes sense that makes sense i completely understand so so in terms of your your latter question we started off with um primary school kids because i thought they are still young enough and before they get too cool for culture you see what i mean yes that's what i'm getting at get them young and you know get them um um educated on the culture let them see it as part of their way of life before they get into those teenage i'm so cold exactly. for culture yet so that's why we we focused on 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 primary school okay that makes that makes sense that's what i was getting at to see is there that cool factor and how it really tries to help with the resistance yeah. to wanting to you know participate in cultural practices a couple of things before we transition into your other um, initiatives that you have on um, going on right now how has your connection to Africa, um, how has it really influenced your your business and just the growth of it? I know you mentioned that you're navigating two worlds now, and, and that's one of the big things we like to talk about here on the podcast is how are you navigating both worlds and how are you using it to benefit yourself, benefit your business, your family, and, and how do you continue to, to work that? So first and foremost, in terms of navigating both worlds, um, two things. I think it is very um first and foremost the labor market in in africa i I can say africa now Mm. um i don't like to use africa because people sort of think africa is a country which some yeah 
So I'm very. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy that we're in the UK, the US, we deal with the same thing. It's so it's so yeah. crazy. All right. Yeah. When when you're comparing Africa to Italy, and you're thinking seriously, anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but because I I, I have I, I I have about four different countries in Africa that I that I work in, so I I use Africa now. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, the the labor market in Africa is huge. Mm. It's very competent. It's very capable, and I trust it. You know, so that's number one. In comparison to the labor market in the UK, which sometimes can be, can feel entitled. Mm. They feel I'm entitled to this. Um, this is, it's more about what they're getting than what they're given. Mm. Um, particularly as a startup company, if it's multinationals, they're, they're or national companies their attitude is slightly different so i thought i might as well first and foremost capitalize on the labor market in africa and ideally i would want um all our operations to run from africa nice. that that is the plan um and and we're getting there touch okay. wood um and it's been it's been really good because again working in in africa is fantastic because most of it is you can as soon as you get one good person mm-hmm. right is easier for them to recommend another person and for you to get their recommendation mm-hmm. right because it's based on that person's credibility yeah right so in terms of my work as soon as i get one good person first and foremost they're happy for the work they're happy for the international experience they're happy to interact with some sort of um so, so that makes them happy to do the work that mm-hmm. makes them appreciate the work that's number one number two they everybody that i spoke to are very excited about the initiative and what we're trying to achieve as mm-hmm. well yeah. so that's also um, an added benefit um and then of course with the whole covid that's now happened it's actually made um working globally working anywhere in the world seamless like it yeah. is seamless Um, as soon as covid happened we went online and that has actually just helped us grow the business immensely the opportunities are you know and and then the barrier to putting your child online has just automatically disappeared Mm -hmm. you know so that that has really really helped really really helped I'm glad because I was going to ask you about COVID. And so I'm, you just killed two birds and one stone for me. And, and what I do think um, before we transition is that I, I love the concept of Africa's Club. And I even love more what you just shared as far as being able to feed your business through the motherland, right? Being able to continue yeah. to enhance our people um, back in the continent whether in, in all those places, making sure the teachers are from there. It's, a, it's an authentic experience that I think... Um, Many of the, the kids sometimes may not appreciate in the beginning, but as they get older and before they reach that stage of cool and transition, they, they begin to appreciate more. So is there a fee that people pay to to be part of the club? I know that, you, you know, of course, the book, you purchase the book, but what how do how do people want to go about if they want to be part of the Kids Club and be part of what you all are doing? Is there their application? Like, how does it go? So um, most of it is all for the online and classes. There is a fee and all of that can be found on our website, um, 
www.thepeopleclass.com. Um, and the classes run 10 time. Okay. Um, well, UK Tem Time, having said that as well, we started working very closely with some of our friends in America to see how we can accommodate that mm. in terms of, and it, it's, it's very tricky because you guys have different time zones everywhere. So we're trying to see how we can accommodate that. But typically it runs for about five weeks and then there's a, a one week break or a two weeks break and then it runs for another five weeks and there's mm -hmm. a break and there's a break. And um, the classes are sort of, 45 minutes by split into two mm -hmm. one focusing on the language and teaching them you know the language and then the other half focusing on the culture okay. so we can pick different things in the culture and sort of explain what it means to them and 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 some of them really like that cultural aspect as well mm. um so yeah they're, they're different um, initiatives that we're working on as well. We're trying to work on on, on an app where they can play the games. Um, we want to be the next Duolingo. I'm not uh, sure if you know of Duolingo. Yeah, oh, yeah, for African, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for African languages. That is that is that would then be our next year focus. That's what we're looking at. So you can access it. We're trying to also do other things in terms of putting a lot of content on YouTube. You will be shocked how little content we have on africa and the different mm. um different aspects the different cultures the food that is kids kid friendly, friendly yes yeah, yeah so we're, we're trying to do all of that to put enough you know put mm. a lot of content out there so people can begin to buy into it and 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 it's interesting and i suppose we'll, we'll come to that in a minute but it's interesting the percept the perception our kids have of africa because of what they see on tv and yeah. you know what they see in the world and and um we the the plan is to change that yeah. to really work with different organizations to to change that yeah there's a there's a strong i think you you we're gonna even talk about it now because the perception on how our kids view Africa is is so unfortunate. It's a it's a very unfortunate, you know, consequence of living in another land that is, yeah. you know, uh, predominantly white. And and the thing about it is, and it's interesting. I want to hear your perspective because you you're in the UK. You know, the Amer the American the American narrative has been broadcasted all over the world. But as far as the UK and being black in the UK and having you know black African kids in the UK, how how do they constantly perceive home? How do your kids, how did your kids perceive Niger and, and all the other countries that are neighboring? So um, so this happened, there was a time that my child came, my son actually, he came home from school and he said, oh, you know, they're doing an initiative um, and they're sending books back to Africa. And I was like, oh, you know, fantastic initiative. Let's get all the books that we have and send it back to Africa. And then two or three days later, he then came and said, mommy, why aren't there books in Africa? And I was like, wow. So basically with that initiative, what you have told, which I didn't even, you know, it didn't really click for me, right. but what you have told that child and every other child in the school is that there are no books in Africa. Exactly. You know, and and then of course when they're trying to um, 
do some charity work and send money, you know, the posters that with all good intentions. With the kids with the flies on their eyes and oh I know my sister, I know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> oh god. And then, and then you know, kids would be kids, their white counterpart or their white friends would start making fun of them. Hey, 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 look at you, da 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 da. And then that starts bringing in a bit of you know, a bit of shame, a bit of shame. I remember my son also coming home saying that, um, oh, someone told him he looked like poo-poo. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, and the first thing I did was don't even try it. Do you know how many people are tanning to look like you? I bring out pictures, see that white woman, see that black woman. How old do you think that woman is? Oh, she looks a bit old. Well, ha, black don't crack. Yeah. You know, I'm really pumping mm -hmm. into him to sort of say, dude, mate, you need to be, you need to be excited for who you are. You don't change color. You're this, you're that, you know, you need to be, and just really just pumping and pumping yes. and pumping. Yes. And at the back of my mind, just hoping that, Lord, you know, I hope it works. And then, you know, we watch a lot of Nollywood, mm -hmm. a lot of, we're trying to, and thank God for Netflix, there's some black um, cartoons coming out. Yeah. So just really just saturating him with um, with blackness. I remember in his, he because he's, he's the only black boy in his school. So I remember for his fifth birthday, we did an African party. Mm -hmm. And he was super nervous. He was like, oh, my friends are going to laugh at me. And da, 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 da. I'm like, well, you know, let's see. They won't laugh at you. And the turnout was immense. Mm. You know, I think. And then, of course, in the UK, they want to sort of experience something different. So everybody came and it was absolutely amazing. It's interesting that three years later, he was telling me today that one of his friends was still singing a song that he learned three years ago oh you know and, and i said did anybody make fun of you he said no i said well there you go mm -hmm. you know there you have it you need to be proud of who you are yeah. you know and and you know we just have to continue that journey and he we went back home just before covid um and this was the first time he could experience that because when we'd been back home, he'd been really young. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I remember when we were in the airport, he said, mom, do they speak English? In, and I'm like, dude, mate. What <laughs> <do you> <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously? You know what I mean? So it, it's, I think, I think one of the things that I take for granted as a parent who grew up in Nigeria, in a, in a society where I'm a majority, I don't understand where he's coming from. Because exactly. I just assume that he has all those securities right. that I, you know, had when I was growing up. Yeah. And also there are some things that I just assume that he knows, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, just taking that time to really ask questions and, and you know, talk a bit about your your his heritage and his blackness and yeah. and that sometimes helps yeah yeah and is that yeah. and, and that, that trickles down to your to your younger kids as well yeah. you know and, and yeah. they begin to see him because he's gonna model that same behavior and, and be an extension yeah. of you that's and i think in terms of um segregation here in the uk is slightly different from america because i think americans are generally um forthcoming they're very opinionated and 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 in a way, that's a good thing because then they would say what they think to mm -hmm. an extent, of mm -hmm. course. But here, um, we have, they're very um, reserved. Mm. So they'll just keep quiet and, and hope it passes away, yeah. you know. Um, I remember starting work and me and my colleague, 
you know, we will talk and really have a good conversation at work. But as soon as we leave the office, they will walk by you, like literally like walk by you and pretend as if they don't know you. Yeah. I did not understand that yeah. for a while. I don't know if that happens. In the yeah, that happens. That's what I'm saying. I understand. That happens a lot in America. You know, people just won't say anything. They won't speak their mind. They're just very reserved mm. on the matter. Um, so, yeah. So, so I think, I think. Um, it's so interesting some of the parallels that exist as far as being a black in the UK compared to being black in America. And I know this might deviate from the Africans Club, but one of the things I'm interested in now we're talking about segregation is just in light of recent event or in lieu of recent event uh, with the Meghan Markle, you know, and the Prince. And, and, you know, because that conversation really brought up issues related to racism. And there were lots of people in the UK. There was one very... Um, popular uh, doctor that went on with Pierce Morgan and got into an argument. I forgot her name, but she's a Nigerian woman as Dr. well. Shola. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Shala, our auntie. So she. Um, so what? What is the the climate, the atmosphere now in the UK because of that? Was there? Because you said they're really reserved and they just like to let it pass by. Is that what's happening, or there's there more of an uproar? I think because of the loyalty they have to the monarch. Mm. I think they're very upset that she would say that as opposed to the actual race, racist, you know, the actual word that she has said. Right. So there's a lot of, um, oh, you know, Harry betrayed his family. Oh. There's a lot of, um, you know, um, they're very good people. They're not a racist family. There is not, you know, wow. um, but not many people are saying, um, you know, the, the 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 royal the queen is not racist and and da 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 da. But nobody is addressing the, the fact that, and then and then some people are saying that, you know, it's it's very similar. Like you know, when she said people were talking about how dark her baby is gonna be, mm -hmm. you know, some people are also saying that it's very similar to when another white person will say, oh, is she gonna turn out with a red head? Or is he going to turn out with blue eyes? Or so they're liking those things, you know. Um, and I just find it interesting because they're talking about the whole thing and they're not addressing the issue, issue itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's um, however good a person, or 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 I don't know, maybe Morgan was acting or whatever the case might be. The fact is that a few things were said and. You know we should look into it mm. and nobody talking about that so right now some of the papers they're just talking about all the wonderful things that prince williams is doing and the wife kate and the royal family and and no one is taking that away from them yeah. we're just saying that well there is you know there is an ounce of racism that has happened here can you please look into it and can you please address it mm. and i think everybody's shying away from that okay at the moment That's, yeah. yeah so then let's talk about your um, diversity, inclusion, and belonging consultancy, because I think that's a good opportunity to segue into that. So how did yeah. you go about creating that, and what, what inspired you to do that? Because you said you wanted to take things further, and, and how did you go with yeah. doing that? So I think with that one, that happened with the whole George Floyd incident. Mm, yes. So it, the process, let, let me take it through my mind. When take that happened um, in America, I just thought, oh, no. You know, I felt really sad 
for you guys. Right. Yeah. Oh no, you know how you know how can that happen? And then it took about a week to then begin to realize that actually this is not just about America. This is also about us here. You know, this is about all black people. Exactly. Um. So that sank in, and I thought, oh, you know, what am I going to do? And then I then realized that actually at that point in time, my son was the only um, black boy in, in in Key Stage 1. I'm not sure if you know what that means. Yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, I have to do something. I have to speak up. Mm. Um, nobody, nobody said anything to me about it in terms of I didn't even get a how are you feeling. Everybody just went zoom, mm. quiet, mm. in terms of my white friends. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, I needed to speak up. So I wrote a letter um, saying, you know, I remember having a huge argument about, just say like in light of what has happened and with all this uproar, I think it's, it's an opportunity for me to, you know, raise this. There are a couple of things that we need to start thinking about in how you, you, um, you say things. So I use the, the book in Africa, mm-hmm. you know, that, that surely you're not sending books to the whole of Africa. Surely you're not sending books to the whole of a country mm-hmm. in fact you're probably sending books to a tiny village in a tiny town in a country so you might want to reflect that exactly and um, i also used uh my son had a debate on why god is white and cannot be black what you know yeah um and i said well you might want to change some of the books you have in your in your um in your library and when you're asking someone to paint God, you might want to say, well, you can paint God black, you can paint God blue, or you can paint God however color that you want. And then I also had, I used the Africans platform to have um, little sessions with parents. So I got to speak to about 40, 50 different parents to really mm-hmm. understand some of the issues that they're, that they're having. Um, and I'm not sure if, you know, apparently, I don't know how true this is, but apparently black kids are more active than white kids. Mm. Um, I don't know how true that is. Active in terms of what? Active in terms of um, they they like to play. They're like, you know, they're very very active in that way. They're very enthusiastic. They're very happy, Mm. you know, happy kids. Not that white kids are not happy, but you know what I I mean. I know what you mean. Um, Um... and so, you know, some parents said that some of the teachers have come back to say, oh, your child is very aggressive and um, your child needs to calm down a bit. Um, you know, using words and terminolo- terminolo- terminologies like that. Hmm. And there was another one that the girls, um, the white friends will come and say, um, black skin, black skin, you have to go. Let the white skin come. You know, hmm. so different things like that were raised and I thought, okay, fantastic. So how do you address it? Right. And most parents said they just ignored it because they didn't want to um they didn't want to kick up a force. You know, they didn't want their child to be picked out mm. on, you know. And then there's a frustration from the parent side, sort of say, Okay, you child, why can't you behave well? I don't know what that means in terms of behave well. And also trying to um, please the teacher. It's it's just all very psychological. Mm. And I said, well, you know, let's put it this way. And, and this is one thing that my husband said to me. He said, look, let's put it this way. If your teacher comes, if if you are back in Nigeria, 
and the teacher says X, Y, Z, and you are not happy with it, would you challenge the teacher? I was like, yeah. So why is it different for you here? Why do you think you cannot challenge the teacher? You know, when a teacher comes and says, your child is always doing this, what are you doing at home? I'm like, uh-uh, the child spends more time with you. What are you doing in school? Thank you. You know, um, when you when they say the teacher is aggressive, no, 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 my child is not aggressive. Do not use, you know, so we need to learn to use our voice. Yeah. You know, I think that's very important. And then also this whole, and there, there was a lot of debate on they don't know better. And I'm like, I'm sorry, no. I do not accept that they don't know better. No. If you want to know better, you will know better. Do not be comparing Africa with Italy, with France, with um, and Brazil. They are on different leagues. If you want to know, then you seek to find out. There are about in this country itself, there are eight universities that have African, strictly African departments there where all they do is teach. You can reach out to find out. Mm -hmm. You have to educate yourself, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then also one of the things that I put in the in, in the letter was whether you like it or not, you will have biases. Mm -hmm. You have um, unconscious bias. Yes, yes, so whether nice. you like it is not a debate, it's not that, oh, I don't have no. Whether you like it or not, there is unconscious bias. Please let me know what you're doing in terms of training and educating your teachers for that. Mm. That's number one. Number two, in terms of discrimination, there's no need to shy away from it. What are the processes you have to deal with discrimination? Mm -hmm. Because there is discrimination, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, mm -hmm. you know? And, and he was very, he was very, um, he was very good. He came back and he asked some questions I couldn't believe he did, but also um, because he was like, oh, what's unconscious bias? And I'm like, seriously? You don't know what that is? In 2020, and then 2021. That, oh, you know, um, you know, I love black people. When I was young, I Stop had a black it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. There's no difference in, like, there's no, what you're telling me, you might as well just move here. <laughs> there's no difference. <laughs> like, like, what? Yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything at all. You know, so um, they're still working on it. I think because of COVID, things have come down a bit. Um, but it's something that we're going to have to address because I've asked for those policies and I'm looking. So so that conversation and just knowing that every other school were ha was having that conversation, mm -hmm. I then decided to pull together this consultancy where we go into schools. Um, oh, sorry, I have to say this one. There's yeah. another one that... This was part of the school policy, okay. right? That you cannot, you need to look formal and you need to come to school without braided hair. Oh my God. Okay. So, so I'm thinking, and with, you know, I like giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think they just have not censored that communication. You have just sat down and looked at it through your eyes. Exactly. And when you're dealing with, I'm sorry, if I'm paying certain amounts for a school, I don't care whether I'm a minority or not, I better be treated fairly. If I'm even going to a state school, I don't really care. Your job is to educate. The school 
system is not to educate white people, it's to educate all children. Mm. So that's something that we need to start reinforcing. You know, and people say you can't change the curriculum. I'm not saying change the curriculum, I'm saying adapt the curriculum. Exactly. Why is it every story that we're talking about has to do with a blonde hair person with blue, blue eyes? eyes? Why can't we be talking about someone um with we you know with afro hair or with black skin mm. or you know why are we oh our frame of work our reference point is always very english or, mm -hmm. or towards the um you know we're, we're talking about black history month um and we're talking i think in the last black history Month, we're talking about a lady in america like seriously we don't have any black people here in the uk Come to talk on. about you know and, and you say oh i don't know no i'm sorry you can't give you can't use that excuse. And I think there's another excuse that says, well, black parents don't stand up enough. Well, you see, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Talk, keep talking. Up. This is good. <laughs> this is good. This is good information. We, we can stand up, but that is our preference to stand up. If we stand up, good for you. But you cannot use that as an excuse. Exactly. Exactly. There's information out there. All you need to do is YouTube. Use the internet. You cannot say, well, because we don't have enough black representative, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry, that, 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 that's no that's longer acceptable. Yeah. And so that's what this um, deep culture for schools is all about. To really just come, look at what the teachers are doing, make sure that their lenses um, capture the whole school in terms of the different, the BAME um, communities, so the Black um, Asian community, to make sure that you know it captures all lenses and not just um, not just the white lens. Mm. You know, and and I think also it, it doesn't even matter whether there are any black people in the school right even if they're all white they still need to be educated mm -hmm. you know and they should still be given the different um frame of work in terms of this is a multinational society so they should be taught on different multinational aspects regardless of who's teaching them whether it's a black teacher or a white teacher and regardless of the students so that's that's what that's what we are looking to do, to go into schools and begin to see how they can adapt some of their curriculum to see how, you know, what is the policy on um, unconscious bias and to make sure people are aware of it, mm -hmm. to um, look at all their documents and make sure that it looks um, from the perspective of all children and not just white children. And so those are some of the things that we will be looking at. That is yeah. amazing. And I'm glad because you need to, we need you to protect our children. I mean, that's, yeah. that's ultimately what, that's the best way I can summarize it. This is you protecting our children. And I thank you for and that. The kids don't know. They don't know. Young. They're too ignorant. I mean, it's not ignorant in a bad way. They're naive. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't know. So to them, they just think, and, and that's the problem, right? Because, and it, it happens everywhere, which is why I think it's so fascinating to me and also very saddening to me, but it's unfortunate because then those kids grow up and they yeah. believe that they're the problem. And yeah. they don't, yeah. they don't, and this is the issue, right? Which is why you have your son who will feel a certain type of way about his culture, feel a certain way about the continent that his family is from, his heritage, his history, his roots, right? The language. I mean, I remember even as a kid growing up, even though I'm a Nigerian, and then people were like, oh, say something African. And they'll start clicking, like, start doing all yeah, these, yeah. you know, you know, you know, everybody's been exposed to it. And it's so amazing how universal 
this whole concept of racism is. It just you, your whole spiel, your testimony you just shared right there, just confirmed yeah. even what we already knew, but you just confirmed it even in today. Just how lazy and how unwilling that you know the system the, the has is the people who run the system and who the system serves how lazy they are to really change it and adapt it to make it very equitable you know and, and one of the things i love about your about you know dib um is just here in the, U, in the u.s the the common term is diversity equity and inclusion right and and that might be something used in the uk as well but what i love about dib is the concept of belonging Right. Yeah. Even though belonging is in the curriculum with DEI here in the yeah. United States, but the concept of belonging doesn't it, it should be one of the primary words in the acronym because belonging matters. Right. And yeah, and it, it matters a lot. And I think there's something a little bit more sentimental when you use the word belonging, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. you know, and, and when you mentioned the idea of when you mentioned your experience talking with parents, my initial mindset was, you know, the UK compared to America, of course, there are historical differences with the black people there. Primarily the majority of them, I'm assuming, and you could please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming the majority of the parents there are primarily immigrants or at least have immigrant backgrounds. So that also ties into just the history of us saying we don't want any while I like let's just put our head yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Me or Fred, like anything like that, like let's just put our head down and mind our business. Whatever the authority says, let's just do it because we don't want any yeah. issues. We don't want to be sent back. We don't want to lose exactly. our paper. Right? Like so that fear, yeah. that fear allows yeah. it feeds into the submission and it allows yeah. you to give up a little bit of the things that you're entitled to as a human universal right. Like to be just treated fairly, (laughs) to be just treated like a, right. Even the concept of braids, like we're still in the day and age now where you still have schools telling kids they can't come in braids. That's amazing. You know? And and so it's, it's so, it's just, you know, I think it's very important. I keep saying this is very, very important that we use our voices. So take for example, in schools, they celebrate Chinese new year in schools, they celebrate Diwali. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more we speak, because I think that they're, particularly now their their ears are open mm-hmm. the more we speak up the more they can begin to um come up with something that that can, they can celebrate and I, and I think it's very very important i think you know that whole excuse saying no oh, we don't have enough black represent and um, rep- rep- representatives yeah I think we need to challenge them and say, look, if I don't have time, I don't have time. But you guys still need to do the work that is necessary to educate our, you know, to educate our kids. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and definitely speak up. And and, and, and and I'm sure, you know, the louder our voice gets, I'm sure, you know, they'll be able to implement something that caters to our, our needs. Absolutely. And not just dance. Absolutely. And so we're, we're getting ready to wrap up. So I, I will, and I know I've taken way too much. It's like 10 o'clock over there. So I've taken up yeah. way too much of your time. So I, I want to thank you for that. But before we go, I, I want, I always ask this question or something um, within the same vein, but with everything that you're doing with Kids, with, with DIB um, and all the other things that you're doing right now and all the things that you're continuing to learn and share with us and our children, what do you what do you want the ultimate impact to be? I know you mentioned you want to be the next Duolingo, but like, what do you want for your for your your business? What do you want for your children? How do you want this this impact of what you're doing to to be felt? I think the reason why I'm doing this and the ultimate goal is to secure our kids. Mm. You know, because facts 
shows, statistics shows that when a child know their cultural heritage, they become more confident. Mm -hmm. You know, they become more confident in, in who they are. When we have confident children, they grow up to be responsible adults. Yeah. And and that's what it is. Uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, to take pride in who you are. You know, I you know I keep using examples like some of the Black Americans mm -hmm. or African Americans, where they sometimes take that time to trace their culture, to trace you know, because that is who they are. That's where they stem from, and that is the importance of what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're not saying that particularly. So my child, we're not saying that you abandon the Western culture or over the African culture. What we're saying is that you embrace both. Mm -hmm. You know, your 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 African embrace it. Know who you are. Know the culture. You have some um, English or American culture as well. Embrace that as well. You know, because it's only when you embrace that that you get the best of both worlds, and then you grow to be a confident, secure person. And that is what we want. And also, we all, you know, another thing is, I also want them to know Africa and have the um, the opportunity to wanting to go back to Africa if they want. You know what I mean? Because when the kids are raised here, all they know is here, you know, the, the going back to Africa is completely short to them. You know, but when they begin to understand the culture, you know, so, so what, we, we do another module called African um, Studies where we expose them to Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, my son is now like, oh, mommy, I want to go to Kenya. Oh, I want to go to Tanzania. That's something that they wouldn't, he wouldn't, or some of his friends wouldn't have um, said, yes. you know, would either be Paris or America or da 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 da, da. So to really and get them to go home and to really open that door for them. Yes. If, you know, when they grow up, they want to go back home. Yes. So, yes. That's, yes. I mean, th that's what it's all about here. You were the perfect guest <laughs> for this show because that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do. Be the concept of being transnational is exactly what you said. Having the best of both exactly. worlds, using it, not abandoning one or the other, but embracing both. No. We, we, we have exactly. kids, we ourselves and our children and those who come after us are blessed with the opportunity to be able to do that that's who that's yeah. become who we are now we should embrace both yeah. and so yeah. so this is this has been amazing Bef so have you taken your son have you taken your family back to nigeria yet or? oh yeah okay yeah it's interesting because he keeps saying that the biggest house and he's been to some pretty okay houses here that the biggest house i've been to mommy is the one in nigeria and i'm like thank you very much mm -hmm. you know they speak good English. They eat the food, yeah. you know. So there you go. In fact, they they speak better English. But you know, let's not go there. <laughs> Life is good, and that's and that's beautiful because you can expose yeah. them to show that it's not as bad as you think. It's not as it's this is not. not the place that's getting all those books. Actually, they might be the ones <laughs> we might be giving exactly. them more books. So it's exactly. that is that is amazing. So for those who are trying to reach you, learn more about Africa Club and and DIB, how can they contact you on social media or website, email? Please share that with them. So you can contact us on our website, www.africids, and that is it's with a Z, A-S-R-I-K-I-D-Z, mm -hmm. club.com. We're also on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, if you, you can contact us via email, which is contact at africids.com. And for my so, Americans, yeah. for, Amer for my Americans listening, Z means Z. So don't go and write Z. 
<laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, so please don't write Z as Z. That's what she means by Z. That's right. the British thing. So, yes, please, um, Mrs. Neo Lukuti. I just want to say thank you so much for your time and thank you for being, um, for for sharing your your thoughts, your wisdom, your experiences, and in your business with us. Please know that whatever. I mean, I, I'm in love with this program. I'm in love with the initiative. Just know that I'm saying it now. Whatever I can do, whatever we can do here to support you in the United States and whatever is going on over there, please don't hesitate to contact me. We want to help. You're doing exactly, you're doing the mission. You're doing the work that we want to see for the future generation. So, and you're protecting our kids. This is what is needed. So, so thank you so much again for your time. I really appreciate it. Same here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really had fun on this, um, on this show. Thank you so much. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of My Black is Transnational. We'd like to thank Mrs. Nii Olukuti of Africa Kids Club and DIB for joining us and sharing with us her wisdom, her insight, and her perspective all the way from the UK. Uh, Mrs. Olukuti, we really appreciate your time and we wish you all the best and know that we are here to support you on My Black is Transnational in all your endeavors. Um, so yes, if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Find us on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Please be sure to follow us on your social media platforms. On Instagram, we are there at Black Transnational Podcast. Follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. You definitely check us out on Facebook and check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. So that's going to do it. We are nearing the end of the season three. We got a couple more episodes to do and then we will be wrapping up. So please be sure to stick with us and be sure to join us for the finale coming soon. But until then, until next time, my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My Black is Transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.